Welcome to Car Wash M&A, the podcast, brought to you by Amplify Car Wash Advisors, the number one advisors of car wash chains nationwide on mergers and acquisitions in capital advisory services. Hi, I'm Lenise Barnett, Vice President of Business Development at Amplify Car Wash Advisors, and your host of Car Wash M&A, the podcast. Here, we'll take a deep dive into the current mergers and acquisitions activity of the car wash industry, with the goal of keeping car wash owners informed on where the market is today and where it's going tomorrow so that you can make informed decisions about your business. We'll help you answer the question, should I sell my car wash now or should I enter growth mode and really scale my operation? Each month, I'll speak with industry experts who will share practical advice on how to sell or scale your car wash. While the industry is undoubtedly changing, what remains constant is the need for solid information so you can evaluate where you are and chart the course for the future of your business. Hello, and welcome to episode 20 of Car Wash M&A, the podcast. I'm your host, Lenise Barnett. As we wrap up our 2023 episodes, we're looking back at the guests we've had this year. I'm highlighting conversations we've had that show the themes of the year and that point towards what 2024 will look like for the car wash industry. If you haven't listened to episode 19 yet, be sure to tune in to that episode to hear the latest from Amplify founding partner, Jeff Pavone, as he talks with Matt DeWolf. Matt is host of Car Wash the Podcast, and he's also one of my dear friends. Matt and I also chat about the latest trends and news, so don't miss that behind-the-scenes conversation in addition to the recorded episode of Matt and Jeff that aired on Car Wash Magazine's podcast as well. Looking back over the year, one of my first conversations of 2023 was with Paul Sigfusson, head of Capital Solutions at Amplify Car Wash Advisors. As you can see in the clip that follows, Paul and I discuss what car wash owners can do to stay competitive from those around you. And we talk about the cost of capital and about ways that the participants within the industry are changing as the market changes. Listen to hear more from Paul. As operators, which is who our show is geared towards, especially knowing what tools and resources they have available to them to strengthen their businesses and make sure that if they are looking to fund growth, if they are looking to make an exit at some point, that they're really protecting the value of their business and also protecting and increasing their their cash flow now so that they're they're making money today, but they're also protecting that value in the long run. Let's talk a little bit about that and then what your perspective from an investment banker, what does the economic uncertainty that we currently have and that we have for you know the foreseeable future, what does that mean for operators and what can they be thinking about you know to protect their businesses or to strengthen them even? I think it's probably helpful, Lenise, to just kind of level set a little bit in terms of you know what's happened over the last couple of years. And I view that time as more of an aberration. And we're now entering a period of normalization. We were living in a 
very distorted time period over the past couple of years. And I can probably just shed two examples in terms of, you know, how I think about some of the macro environment and what's been happening and then how that can shape some of the future thinking around it. I'm not a macroeconomist. I, I can't predict the future and I don't think any of us should try, but we can control what we can control. And so the first real change over the past 12 months is cost of capital. You know, I as an investor was very focused on one singular primary metric when we evaluated investment opportunities that was return on invested capital. In a simple way to just kind of frame, you know, what's happened in the industry is that the payback period of making a capital invested in this space. And so, you know, we can put some dummy numbers ar- around this just to paint the illustration, but it's really going to sort of change behavior longer term, which is, you know, as the Federal Reserve in- increased interest rates and the cost of debt financing sort of materially increased over the past 12 months. And we've seen some inflation and building costs. You know, you went from 2020, 2021, or even before that building costs may have been slightly lower and and your interest costs were, were, were nearly you know, zero as a base rate cost of capital on top of some credit spread that a bank would issue. And as you think about the the translation into cost of capital and the impact of making a return, you know, you used to get paid back for making an investment in the car wash space in two to three years under some normalized scenarios. And they can vary greatly. But if you include a 50 to 100% increase in, in, in cost of interest rates of, of financing that car wash, as well as continuing to sort of double down the operations, that cost of capital and that return on investment is getting close to double where it was prior to the past 12 months and what what we've seen. And so, you know, what that's going to force in this industry, and I think it's a healthy thing, again, back to this period of normalization, you know, it's going to force investors as well as sort of operators to just make sure they're thinking twice about capital deployment. Is this a productive, you know, form of, of capital deployment in the space? These are capital intensive units. And I think that's a very healthy part about the industry. It won't be growth for the sake of growth. We talked about cash flow uh, in and that's an important piece. The other is valuation. And obviously there's various different ways to think about valuation, but, you know, Let's just take, for example, the the one public comp in the space that's out there, pure play public comp. And, you know, if you take the valuation from the first half to the second half for each hundred basis points of Federal Reserve increase, and, and we went from zero to four and a half today and probably going up even more, that's really re- reflected a pretty material decline in valuation to the tune of high single digits per hundred basis points. So that's been a material impact on both capital, capital available return on investment and valuation. And that's that's distorted. So that's just a level set, you know, as we've seen the economic conditions change over the past few years. But then as we think about forward looking, you know, how can an operator think about preparing? I love the way that Jeff at Amplify thinks about this and talks about Car Wash 2.0. Focus on what you can control in the operations of the business and start to scenario plan. I can't be the one to predict the environment going. I can't tell you we're going to have a prolonged consumer uncertainty or contracting spending behavior environment, or maybe it's the opposite. How do you plan for an alternative and a more resilient consumer? But, you know, what you can do is plan for multiple different scenarios, understand, you know, how your business is going to behave from a, from a analytics perspective in any of those different, you know, scenarios, and then focus on the data you have access to. You know, there's all sorts of different quotes that I love to, love to sort of delve down into, but you know, what gets measured 
measured gets managed is a great one. You know, in these environments, it's really important to double down into the data that you have access to and in and, and how you can sort of manage your business better. And then, you know, lastly, just on in terms of, you know, scenario planning and starting to think about the future, it's always been difficult in a rising tide environment. So the the environment where everybody's being lifted by low interest rates, the conditions are pretty benign. It's very difficult to differentiate your brand in that environment. And, and I think about the conditions and a more uncertain conditions as an opportunity. And this is to double down on yourself, your operations, your people, and how to go ex- out execute for the consumer and at the expense of your competition. All those things will add up into helping, you know, prepare operators for the uncertainty that li- that that sort of in front of us, which which no one when no one can really sort of paint out in a, in a clear picture. So, Paul, you talked a little bit about some of the growth options for car wash operators, and I think it would be beneficial for them, too, to hear about how the change in valuations and things like that have have opened up doors for new entrants to come into this space. And in particular, you know, we've had some recent announcements that we've seen about acquisitions and new new companies coming in. So what does that look like and what does that mean for for the car wash owner themselves about these additional parties that are interested in in the car wash space? Yeah, it's a great question, Lenise. I think, you know, capital is forming in different ways and there continues to be plenty of capital looking and evaluating the space. So that's a very positive thing for car wash owners. But I think it's been evolving and will continue to evolve. And I'd characterize it really in three buckets. One, you have the small and medium-sized operators that you know, are the vast majority of the space and will continue for quite some time to be that way. And they have existing and new growth that they'll continue to fund. So that that's a big source of growth in the space and big opportunity that continues to exist. You know, the second bucket would be private equity, which is been a material contributor to capital growth over the past decade and continues to have large sums of dry powder of committed capital available to them. I think I I read a statistic in December that their dry powder, which is committed unfunded capital to private equity as a whole, is approaching $2 trillion. So still a large sum of money out there. And that goes you know, across multiple different sectors. And then a new entrant, which would I would call the corporate segment. And and a good example, as you mentioned, would be the Kushtar acquisition of the True Blue portfolio, where you have a very well capitalized investment grade, you know, public company making a small wave into the segment. And I think that is a is a very unique case study and one that I don't think will be the first or the last in the space. And these investment grade operators have access to to very cheap capital. This is the highest grade of credit exposure. So the, the highest quality of credit exposure is how they would deem that. And these are well-capitalized, well-funded and, and strategic uh, entrants into the space. And so there, there's a new entrant coming in. And I think that's that's very interesting to note. Right. And as you said, this is probably the beginning of additional groups that maybe had been kind of on the sidelines prior that have been eyeing the space are making an entry point because the winds have shifted a little bit. And so that actually makes it more attractive for them and gives a greater opportunity to go ahead and and make a meaningful investment.
As you heard from Paul, there are many strategies that car wash owners can implement to ensure success in the industry by considering the changes within the space and using those to your advantage. In episode 13, I had a chance to talk with Dennis Driesen and Adam Treen from AMP Memberships. AMP Memberships, if you aren't familiar, is a car wash membership platform that is more than just an app, but um, you'll hear more about that in the episode. And they're also an Amplify Ventures partner. As we discussed in the episode, AMP is a platform that supports car wash owners as they interact with customers on and offsite. Between the white labeled app, the dashboards for owners, the powerful data, and more, AMP helps car wash owners take the next steps to grow their business with membership expansion and more customer interaction. Listen to this clip to hear more from Adam and Dennis and tune into episode 13 to hear the whole episode if you missed it. This is a really good one. Also, you can check out their YouTube page and search for Auto Wash, where you can see some demos of new AMP products that they feature at Auto Wash, which is a car wash chain in Colorado. And um, they beta test a lot of their products there, but there's a really cool YouTube video. While there's other providers out there for to build apps or you can hire a developer to do this, what seems really cool about what you guys are doing is making this available to car wash chains that are looking to incorporate some other platform to manage their memberships that, correct me if I'm wrong, it's not tied to a POS. You, It's configurable, it's customizable, and you don't have to have a developer on your staff to be able to figure out how to use this. It's like an iPhone. Like you can, you can turn it on and you can start, start messing with it and figure it out because it is tailored for um, ease of use. So talk to me about what it looks like for a car wash customer of amps like what can this do for them and what power is behind the the ease of use the customization that it has what does this look like for them and what can it do for them that was so important for us you know every car wash runs differently they, their brand is different they look look and feel their messaging is different their pricing their products what they offer when you get on site so that you know really important for us to build a product that was completely white labeled that felt, you know, it's, it is the car washes app, you know, that you go to the app store, it doesn't say amp and, you know, we're on some platform, you know, managing multiple car washes. So when you advertise on our app, you're only, you know, the only advertisements your customers will see are, are for that car wash. So we, you know, we take this very, very seriously, every single picture, line of text, pop-up deal, everything in our app is configurable by our self-service portal because we've made it you know, so easy to configure and so flexible. We could have a new app up and running in a couple of days where it's launched, it's on the app store. What does take some time is you start working with the marketing team and getting all the collateral and, and the images and um, figuring out the messaging and, and then figuring out on the marketing side, what deals we want to show and promotions and what the customer notifications are going to be. You know, it's, it's a really super powerful platform. So there's a lot of... Uh, ongoing work to continue to refine your brand, refine your messaging, test new things, make changes and and things like that and and we you know we really help along that entire journey. Yeah, and it sounds like it sounds like what a great partnership for car wash owners that one it's giving a push to get that content solidified and get that messaging and that goal solidified cuz I know speaking from my own experience, you know, sometimes until something is right in front of you that you need to do, it's kind of pushed off, but messaging and marketing is so important. And so this gives that prompt to okay let's 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 get that together if they don't already have it already. But then knowing that that there's the support to launch that 
without having to refigure out some whole thing that it's customizable and it's easy to do. Uh, I bet that's a real game changer for car wash owners. What are some of the results that you've seen with your clients as far as they've not only adopted the app and started using it or, or the, the experience platform because it's more than just an app? What's some of the results that they've seen and some of the benefit that they've experienced from that? First, I think one of the biggest things that we've seen, there's there's a couple of huge statistics out there that we've, we've been able to like expose. One is uh, a 93% capture of accidental or involuntary churn. Yikes. It's Which is really awesome. I don't know if my wife was asking me uh, earlier this morning, she goes, what about the other seven? Like, what are we going to do with those? Why aren't we capturing that? And it's like prepaid debit cards, things like that. But uh, so capturing 93%, I think uh, some of the competi- competitors grab about 60, 65%. So that's uh, almost a you know 50% better capture, which is like those real dollars for an operator, like that's huge. And so that's that's money to the bottom line right away. Uh, so we've seen that. We've also seen some really, really tremendous growth of MRR using some of our tools, like our attendant mode uh, tablet tool, as much as like 50% increase of MRR, which is monthly recurring revenue uh, for the for the memberships, 50% growth in about a six week period of time. Wow. So uh, like mind boggling how how fast you can move the needle by actually using the tools and using them properly in the app. As you heard from Adam and Dennis, the AMP platform is highly customizable and provides growth opportunities for car wash owners. With the ability to integrate with any POS and with the valuable data that AMP provides car wash owners, this service can be a game changer. Listen to episode 13 to hear more from Adam and Dennis. Another Amplify Ventures partner is Retention Express. I had the chance to speak with Bobby Thompson and Michael Pelican of Retention Express in episode 18 of the podcast. As Bobby and Michael share, Retention Express is a white-labeled customer service platform that addresses the needs of car wash owners, like questions about memberships and issues that they might have while they're off-site. So they answer the calls on behalf of the car wash brand and are there to represent the, the car wash owners and take some of that load off of what otherwise would be fielding through their sites and their management team there. Rich Engine Express works seamlessly with car wash brands to help solve problems and helps customers have an advocate on their behalf and to get that first call resolution. And so it's a win-win for the customer, for the car wash owner, and um, just to help really set that tone for customer advocacy and a focus on customer experience. Just in thinking about the advancements of technology, specifically as relates to the car wash space and how we're able to capture so much more data between license plate recognition and these other different marketing services that have a a different communication outreach and channel to customers. But still the thing that's different about Retention Express is that you have the, the live communication component to where it's not a one set piece of data that maybe is captured kind of existentially about a customer, like a license plate or, you know, a phone number, an email or things like that. You get to get their their thoughts, their sentiment, their, their story. You can ask different questions on the phone based on where the conversation is going in real time and then categorize the information that you receive 
to then paint a better picture of your different types of customers or feedback or or that sentiment, which I find really interesting and that there is the opportunity for it to you know continue to grow and evolve. And you can learn to ask new questions based on that of what you're finding out. Absolutely. And the one thing I'll say is, is, you know, Bobby and I always note this to, to our brands. We are not an answering service. We are not getting on the phones to quickly get someone off of it. We are problem solvers. And, and Bobby and I refer to this all the time. It's either the customer journey, or the customer story. And, and it is more than just looking at, you know, their usage. It is really diving into their billing into their issue that they have, hearing them out about their experience they had on site. And, and you mentioned it before, Lenise, if, if you're an on-site operator and you handle a cancellation, it's really viewed as a singular transaction. Well, all those are singular transactions, the data and the stories and the feelings that our agents are able to take from those calls and then bring forward to our leadership team, we can make quick and effective change on site. You know, oftentimes we hear that the sales component at the pay station is often not very clear. And when we hear that several times, our agents are aware enough to say, hey, this isn't a one-off. Something's happening at this location where customers are not having a good experience in terms of how the membership's being sold and articulated. And we can provide that feedback to those operators and they can add additional training to those attendants to clean that element up of, of, of that interaction because you only get a few seconds with them. You got to be clear. You have to be concise about what they're signing up for. And if they feel deceived, if they feel like they've been misled, that is going to lead to that negative sediment, that quick exit, and they're not going to come back. And so by us being able to, again, capture that customer journey and those true feelings, we're able to give a lot of insight back to our sites and let them know how people are feeling in terms of just their overall journey with the company. And so, you know, as we started this and just talking about the theme of this series that we're working on of how data can be a tool and help boost your bottom line. So it's it's one thing to get the data, but then it's another thing to categorize it, organize it, and then it's you know, a further thing to have that make a difference in your business in a very impactful and meaningful way to enhance your operational efficiency and to provide greater customer service or enhanced customer experience. As we talk about these different actionable insights, so one of them being what people or sales agents are saying, talking to customers, and and you can reveal if there are incongruencies with what customers, their car wash customers are saying back to you of of what they heard there and then offer suggestions and insight on how they could adjust those, you know, those messages that they have. What are some other things that that you guys find? Typically, like new members when they get signed up on location, it's easy to kind of pitch a promotional uh, offer that you're providing to them. And that is where the expectation has to begin to create the best experience. And oftentimes, you know, it happens quite a bit. It could be new people, it could just be people on contest, right? Whatever it may be. You never want your end user to feel like it's a contest, right? Like they're getting hard sold. Right. But a yeah. lot of times they they will call in and go, they told me it's only for 30 days. And they just never take that next step to go, this will automatically renew in month two. And people, you know, they 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 want to blame it on the employee every time because it's not their fault, right? But those are things that, you know, just tighten up from a training standpoint that help out. And when we get a lot of feedback, we definitely pass it on to the owner and operator. Just go, hey, your, your churn is kind of going up. We're getting a lot of people who are upset because they feel like they didn't get the correct information at the time of sale. That is a very controllable thing by an operator, much more than, hey, I moved out of Scottsdale and went to, you know, Utah, right? So things like that, uh, you really want to identify what are the controllable issues that you can manage and control at an employee level. 
and then look look at the other things that are maybe uncontrollable and you know sometimes there's nothing you can do about it and we don't have to dive too far into this but just to make sure our listeners understand too that your team and your agents have access to the point of sales of the brands that um, you represent so that they're able to to take that resolution step? First call resolution. Yeah. The the whole goal is first call resolution as much as possible. Part of the playbook that we build out with the owner and operators is the empowerment level, right? And that that was the one thing I learned, you know, AT&T is you got to empower people to solve issues if you want them to be problem solvers. If you just want them to answer the phone, you're not going to give them any empowerment. You kind of hold the, you know, you hold them down. They're not going to solve customer problems and it creates more time for somebody else to actually go fix it. So with empowerment, they get more enjoyment out of the role and the customer feels much better about the brand. As you heard in the clip, Rich Engine Express helps support car wash owners by providing that customer service support and they address issues and concerns as they arise for car wash customers. For more from Bobby and Michael, listen to episode 18. After attending the car wash show in Las Vegas earlier this year, Amplify COO Chris Jinks and I chatted in episode 16 about trends we noticed emerging from the show. We discussed the ways that buyers of car washes are becoming more informed, more diligent, and are now looking for quality platforms that have differentiated themselves amongst their competition. talked about that there's still buyers coming to the table. Let's talk about what we've seen and what we are seeing with platforms growth strategy and their scalability and their path to growth. How is that changing over what we saw last year? Yeah. So the the playbook up until last year has been, you know, you you, you get in, you enter the space and let's say you pay a high chains multiple for an existing platform. You're then able to blend that multiple down by way of de novo or greenfield developments. So for example, let's say, you know, a couple of years ago, you're building a new car wash at, let's say $5 million a unit. Let's say that that car wash is expected to generate about a million dollars in EBITDA. So that new unit is essentially being built at a 5X multiple. Therein lies the blending down of that, you know, high team multiple to get in buying existing. You blend it down by way of greenfields, and you're at a little bit more of a, a reasonable valuation multiple in terms of your entry point. Those economics have completely changed here in the last two years. Yeah, five million sounds cheap now. Five million is cheap. I mean, we're personally looking at budgets today with the seven handle on it, and it's getting me a little queasy. But you know, the, you hit it right in the head. You know, it's now let's call it six and a half best case up to seven and a half million dollars to build a new unit. Um, and again, it all depends on your market, how much you're paying for real estate and your above ground costs and just your overall standard and quality of build. But for the sake of numbers, let's just say it's about seven and a half million dollars. So that five X to build is now more like seven and a half X. But I'm going to further complicate that delays, right? It's, it's taken longer to get these things built now. Um, we're in Chicago. We have a finite allotment of just concrete for our projects for the year ahead, right? That we can't take on more just because we have only so many resources. Rooftop units still an issue. Anything related to electrical panels, we're still struggling to get transformers from our, our power utility providers on site. So why does that matter? Well, it's now you take into consideration your ramp up time and your build time. You're now out of pocket for you could be up two years before that thing's cash flow and you're breaking even. So when you think about the opportunity cost there, that seven and a half x maybe is more like nine x, right? right. Because you're now sitting you're sitting on your hands for about a year to get these things built or more. 
you have a ramp up period of about a year to actually get to a point where, you know, EBITDA is at a point where it's, it's attractive. It's more like 9x to you factor in those costs. Right. On the other end of the equation, now let's talk about acquisition activity. Multiples today, we're seeing on the bolt-on side are anywhere between 8 to 10, which is almost parity to your new uh, your new builds, your de novos. Right. So as you think about the economics and the incentives there, it's not paying a high teen on the acquisition and blending down by Greenfield. I think those add-on acquisitions are certainly a little bit more attractive today than they once were. Right. It's it's, it's just flipped. It's totally that's, flipped. That's bringing it down. The acquisition Absolutely. is what's bringing it down. The, the, the playbook is completely different today. And that's not all bad news for sellers, though, because even though maybe it's not those teen numbers that we were looking at, these are still fair, healthy numbers and and multiples that sellers can expect. So not all bad. Yeah, of course. And I mean, especially if, if you are a quality business today, and again, want to emphasize sellers, if you have a quality business, now's a great time because that buyer pool is so hyper-focused on the quality of your business. If you could demonstrate, you know, prudent capital deployment, strong same-store sales comps, just overall financial discipline, the clean balance sheet, and a healthy profile and growth trajectory of your business. There are buyers out there today for you. I will tell you that for certain. And especially in certain geographic areas or, or MSAs that are harder to get into, those are the ones that we're seeing are the most attractive. Of course. Absolutely. So we're seeing now that the people are still growing, but they've just kind of shifted the growth plan and how that looks. And then the other thing that was really apparent at this show in particular was this intense focus on operations and strengthening the quality of your operations, streamlining, optimizing, all of those things. Yep. You know, it's been interesting. So shows in the past been focused, you know, more on the transactional side of things, right? How do you get more deals done? How do I pick up more units? I got a sense from this show that there was a heightened focus on just operations. And I think the reason for that is if you think about, again, multiples compressing, so that 15x today is more like 10x, um, you know, that's a 33% loss of enterprise value just based on multiples compressing. How do you make that up? Well, you focus on operations. You improve your operating margins, uh, you add more to the bottom line, and that's how you make it up. And I think that that, that heightened sense of focus and operations was very evident in this show. Absolutely. And again, that points to the longevity and the health overall of the industry that as we're strengthening the operations and providing the end user with a really quality service, that that's protecting the car wash industry by making it and keeping it desirable for consumers that, you know, they've got ever improving service that they're receiving. As Chris and I discussed, there are buyers out there looking for quality car washes. However, the market is continually changing. As we're rounding out 2023, we see that we've experienced some ups and downs over this last year, but the overall thesis still remains the same. There is a demand for quality professional car washing services, and it really is about keeping up with the quality of your operations, the focus on your customer service and providing that clean, shiny, dry car. So for more of the trends over the year, you can listen to episode 16, where I talk with Chris following the Car Wash Show in Las Vegas this year. So speaking of trends throughout 2023, in episode 17, I chatted with Amplify founding partner Jeff Pavone about the emergence or reemergence of gas and sea stores interest in the car wash space. 
we talked about how these buyers are a little bit different than some of the other buyers that have been in the space for the last several years and what this could mean for car wash owners. Jeff talks about how these buyers are looking at potentially a long-term relationship with the car wash brands and how they are potentially looking to diversify their platforms and just strengthen their overall portfolio of their brand. We talked a little bit about the diversification for gas companies to have, you know, as EV becomes more popular, but to have these other profit centers. What are some of the other reasons that the car wash industry particularly has been attracting them? Some of the things I think about that we we talk about often is, you know, the durability of the car wash industry and the resilience through economic downturns, through COVID, that that membership model has really given that a whole new stability in the face of economic headwinds that we've experienced? Well, first off, it's no longer a little bit piece of their business. So if they're operating it properly, it could be a major part of the revenue driving profitability to their gas stations, right? Separately, you know, it's competition in every business, even in the gas C-store business, they differentiate. So if they're able to add a car wash component and execute in a good way, they're going to differentiate from, from the other chains that are growing. It becomes a, a huge win for them. For them, yeah, C-Store companies in general, you know, they've already got really good real estate. Mm-hmm. They've already got good real estate teams. They understand how to get stuff entitled. They know how to operate. So for them, it's just such a natural opportunity to grow this whole piece of their business. And what do you see? I mean, we kind of touched on this, but like, why now? Why are why are we now seeing these like Circle K, like Quick Trip? It seems that those both came at relatively the same time. So there's got to be a reason. So so it's not only those two, but it's I, I can only tell you every. I mean, not every, but but I would tell you a lot of major oil companies, uh, even some independents with a hundred locations. They're all looking at ways to give them additional profit centers with EV coming in. That's sort of the one piece. And again, they, they're they sitting there with more cash now than they've ever had in their history. And they're looking at ways to really, how, how do we, the whole loyalty thing, if you look at gas C stores in general, you're seeing a, a big emphasis on loyalty, digital marketing, you know, that you didn't see that before. This plays in perfectly to help expand that whole business concept, right? So they they want to be, they're looking at the competition from Amazon and all these other people right out there for delivering foods. This is just a, another opportunity for them to become Amazon proof, so to speak, right? By right. giving a consumer more reasons to come to their store, uh, whether it's to get gas or one of their food products. So they're looking at, at this is really a, a just a tremendous opportunity to build loyalty to their brand. And, and again, build stickiness. Before, I I just, they didn't need to. Right. We talk a lot about the interest from private equity groups that have come into the car wash space. How is this group different than that and what they're looking for or or their trajectory? Great great question. You know, private equity groups typically have a timeframe, right? Five to seven years. And they're going to be typically that five years window is that they're they're going to take that investment and they want to go move on. And, and monetize it. Oil companies are long-term investors. So they could be looking at this thing as it's they have no gun to their head to get in and out. From a, a operator standpoint, they could learn the business, they can invest in the business because at the end of the day, they're not looking to flip it. So it, it becomes a much more longer-term business proposition for them, which makes it, you know, from a competitor standpoint, 
way more viable than than a lot of the private equity backed groups out there. And with that, because it's a long term focus, there's likely you know more focus on building out the infrastructure. So having a stronger team there on site, not cutting labor or being as mindful about keeping those costs down when you're looking at a longer term plan for growth and continued strength of operations. So I see that as a a good sign for the car wash industry as well. Sure. And again, this is definitely another viable option in the car wash world, but we're still going to see the really great owner operators and the brands in a market being able to offer memberships. It takes, this isn't an easy business to learn. So there's still a long learning curve to knowing really just how to get customers on on your lot, how to process cars, and assuming you're doing a great job, I still think those kind of operators will continue to flourish and win. But this is definitely something to to make sure you're taking in consideration as you build out your business. And it seems like, speaking to your point, that this is not the only path forward, but this just adds another layer of people and, and groups that are interested in investing in the car wash industry, which for folks that are considering making an exit, that this is a whole other you know group of interested buyers. As you heard from Jeff in that episode, the groups that are interested in the car wash space continue to evolve. As we look toward 2024, we can likely expect to see more interest But to hear more specifically about that, be sure to tune into episode 17. And if you want to hear more from Jeff in general, be sure to check out that episode 19 where Jeff talked with Matt DeWolf on Car Wash, the podcast, in an episode called The Great Market Pause. And to all of our listeners out there, thank you so much for joining us over 2023. It has been quite a different journey than the years prior to that, but nevertheless, we see the resilience and the evolution of the car wash industry. We see themes that are continuing to shape out like data enhancement, more ways to use and leverage information, how to provide an even better superior customer service, and just the intense passion that car wash owners have for their businesses. And we are very honored to be an advocate and voice in this community to just talk about what's going on in the car wash market, what's going on in the car wash world, and how we can be together to share information and continue to champion this great industry. Thank you for letting me be your host throughout the year and hope that you have a wonderful rest of 2023 and I will see you in 2024. Thanks. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Car Wash M&A, the podcast with your host, Lenise Barnett. Like what you hear? Subscribe to our podcast feed and leave us a review or follow us on social media at Amplify Car Wash Advisors. Want more M&A information? Visit our website at AmplifyWash.com and listen for new episodes on the last Thursday of each month.